In the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 12, it says, Indeed, the word of God is living and effective, sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating even between soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and able to discern reflections and thoughts of the heart. Yes, the word of God is living and effective today in my life and in yours. And that's the very reason why I'm offering this weekly podcast where I reflect upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. So now please join me on Faith Moments with Dina Marie as we break open the Word of God together, inviting His Word to change our lives forever. Welcome to Faith Moments with Dina Marie, a weekly podcast to proclaim and to ponder the weekly Sunday Mass readings. And today is the first Sunday in the season of Advent. We're moving into a new year liturgically, and this will be year C, our readings for the season of Advent, moving into Christmas, and then throughout the rest of 2022 will all be from year C. And most of the gospel readings throughout the year will come from the gospel of Luke. So what a great time to come together and to begin a new year. I found a little book in my treasure trove of, of wonderful resources. And this is called Christmas Prayers and Customs. So I wanted to begin, in fact, each week during this time of Advent, there's a particular prayer for each week. And I'll begin with those prayers. And this is based upon the first Sunday of Advent from the readings of Mark. Now, Mark and the reading that we hear this week from Luke are very similar in their, their theme. And so you'll hear a little bit of the theme of this week's message in in this opening stanza for our opening prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Jesus said to his disciples, be constantly on the watch. Stay awake. You do not know when the master of the house is coming. Mark 13, 33. Oh, Jesus, your voice sounds through the house of my world. Be on your guard. Stay awake. Yet I hardly hear you, busy with so much. I go about the things I do like a servant trapped in household routine, hardly giving a thought to what my life is about. My spirit within has grown tired of, and you, my God, seem far away. How can I hear your voice today? Speak to my heart during this season of grace as you spoke to your prophets and saints. Remind me again of the journey you call me to make and the work you would have me to do. I am your servant, O Lord. Speak to me in this holy season and turn my eyes to watch for your coming. O Emmanuel, Jesus Christ, desire of every nation, savior of all peoples, come and dwell among us. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. That is an awesome prayer. I love that. I'm so glad my guardian angel helped me find that today. Advent Christmas season. So the readings this week as we begin a new year, I just want to open with with asking you the question. I hope that you've had an opportunity to get to the Saturday vigil mass or mass on Sunday for the first week of Advent. What was different? If you were there looking in a very familiar church that you've been with, been in day in and day out for many years, what looks different this week from last week? 
I hope you'll see somewhere in the church the color violet or purple. Of course, the priest's vestments will be that color, that penitential season. Some will be in banners. Some might be in particular way of the coloring on the altar or on the ambo. Of course, we're going to see that Advent wreath somewhere in the church in a significant place. We'll see those three violet or purple candles and the one rose candle and that blessing that Father will bless and, and pray over that Advent wreath as we light the weeks to Christmas. And what did you not hear today? I was, I got a new, of course you get your new missile and this is the word among us. And I use that. And so it's for the Advent readings. And this is the first day that we'll have these Advent readings. And I was trying to set up my, my looking ahead for all the prayers and the mass. And I was looking for the Gloria and I thought, oh, we don't say the Gloria. The Gloria is held back for four weeks. And don't we love to sing or say, proclaim with such great awe and mystery, the Gloria, but we will not say it during these weeks of Advent. And so there is this sense of a shift in, a, in, in our liturgy, in our prayer, in this penitential season, in this preparation time. And I hope that you pay attention to the readings and to the senses that you get around you as we come together for Holy Mass. Here's the collect that the priest will pray for today's Mass. I love this. Grant your faithful, we pray, Almighty God, the resolve to run forth to meet your Christ with righteous deeds at his coming, so that, gathered at his right hand, they may be worthy to possess the heavenly kingdom. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. So the priest at that opening prayer, the collect, grant that we, your faithful, resolve to run forth. Think of the energy and the anticipation and, and the stamina that you have to run forth to meet Christ. And we're praying for that resolve because right now, probably most of us are pre feeling pretty weak and sluggish, and we need the resolve so that we may be worthy to possess the heavenly kingdom, that we can be ready for eternal life. I mean, that's, you know, if we just meditated on the collect for the entire season of Advent, we'd be doing an amazing thing. And, and I find these nuggets of beauty and we, we sometimes miss them in mass because you're just getting settled. Maybe there's noises still going on in the church. And then all of a sudden father's done with the prayer. We're sitting down and the first reading goes on and we miss the invitation for what's to happen. You know, I want to receive grace in this sacrament of the Eucharist. And Father, in this opening prayer, the priest is already like showing the signs of grace. It's like, grace, do this. This is what I want you to do to my people. This is the church saying this. Of course, the, the priest is saying this in, in the prayer, but it, it's the wishes of the church that we resolve 
to run forth to Christ so that we would be worthy to possess eternal life, God's heavenly kingdom. That is an awesome prayer. So let's let the the prophets and the preacher in St. Paul, and of course, the teaching of, of Jesus in this first Sunday guide us into how we should behave, think, act, the ways in which we should go during this time of Advent. The first reading comes from Jeremiah chapter 33, verses 14 to 16. The days are coming, says the Lord, when I will fulfill the promise I made to the house of Israel and Judah. In those days, in that time, I will raise up for David a just shoot. He shall do what is right and just in the land. In those days, Judah shall be safe and Jerusalem shall dwell secure. This is what they shall call her the Lord, our justice, the word of the Lord. Our Psalm comes from Psalm 25 to you. O Lord, I lift up my soul, your ways. O Lord, make known to me, teach me your paths, guide me in your truth and teach me for you are God, my savior. And for you, I wait all the day to you. O Lord, I lift up my soul. Good and upright is the Lord. Thus he shows sinners the way. He guides the humble to justice and teaches the humble his way. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. All the paths of the Lord are kindness and constancy toward those who keep his covenant and his decrees. The friendship of the Lord is with those who fear him and his covenant for their instruction. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. The second reading comes from the letter from St. Paul to the Thessalonians. Brothers and sisters, may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all, just as we have for you so as to strengthen your hearts to be blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his holy ones. Amen. Finally, brothers and sisters, we earnestly ask and exhort you in the Lord Jesus that as you received from us how you should conduct yourselves to please God, And as you are conducting yourselves, you do so even more. For you know what instructions we gave you through the Lord Jesus. The word of the Lord. Our gospel reading comes from the gospel of Luke chapter 21. Jesus said to his disciples, there will be signs in the sun the moon, and the stars, and on earth nations will be in dismay, perplexed by the roaring of the sea and the waves. People will die of fright in anticipation of what is coming upon the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken, and then they will see 
the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. But when these signs begin to happen, stand erect and raise your heads, because your redemption is at hand. Beware that your hearts do not become drowsy from carousing and drunkenness and the anxieties of daily life. And that day catch you by surprise like a trap. For that day will assault everyone who lives on the face of the earth. Be vigilant at all times and pray that you have the strength to escape the tribulations that are imminent and to stand before the Son of Man. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. What a a precious time this is to transition from the Feast of Christ the King. We just celebrated last week the closing of the liturgical year and then this opening into a new new page, a new opportunity to look at what God's message is for us. And so we will hear throughout this season, as we do often in the first reading, a message from the prophets. And in this case, uh, a lot from Isaiah and today from Jeremiah, this prophecy of the Messiah to come, this purpose of the prophets, one of them is to bring hope into a people full of gloom and doom. Typically, they come when people are oppressed, when people are in hard times, when people are at their wits end, uh, maybe at times when they are being so persecuted and they're, they're there to shine the light of hope, to say, no, the Lord has made a promise. And this is, this is the promise that he's made. And so we're going to hear these promises that will be unpacked scripturally in the Old Testament. And this is a beautiful one in the book of, of Jeremiah, the days are coming. So, so Jeremiah is relaying this, that the Lord is saying, the Lord is saying, the days are coming when I will fulfill the promise I made to the house of Israel and Judah. And to me, that just reminds me that the Lord is faithful to his promises. And he speaks of the the shoot that will come from David, from the stump of David, Jesse's tree. And he shall do what is right and just in the land. And so there is this hopefulness of a time of justice, a time of peace, a time of reckoning. It will be a time of reckoning. In one translation, I was listening to a cathedral in Sydney, Australia, and the last line of the scripture where we read the Lord, our justice, they read the Lord, our integrity, a little bit different word for us, at least in the Western world, we look at that word integrity, maybe different than the word justice. But nonetheless, there is this rightness that will be coming in integrity. I think about you say you're going to do something and you do it. You're a person of your word. And so you follow through on the promises that you have made. And in justice, obviously, what maybe have been wronged would be righted or right. There would be justice made that things would conform to what is good, what is true, what is beautiful as 
is in our God. So there's this promise from Jeremiah that we should be hopeful that God is a God of promises and that there is a time of justice and right that will be coming. And so we'll be hearing that we should be prepared for that time. In the scripture from St. Paul, St. Paul seems to be that writer who in so many of his letters is really telling the people, reiterating to the people how they are to live. You know, this is the way we taught you. This is what we've, we've, we've instructed you from the very beginning. Remember to go back to the beginning, go back to the basics of Jesus Christ. And he may go back into a community that has fallen away from their Christian practices and needs to remind the people, but he is really impressing upon the people again, brothers and sisters, may you, uh, may the Lord make you increase and abound in love to grow in love that everything that we do should come from love. So he's saying a love for one another, a love for all. Of course, this is a love for God and a love for self. We have to love ourselves, that which God created to love others, to love all so that we can strengthen our hearts, that our hearts will be stronger. Why? So we can be blameless. Does this not reflect that opening collect? So we can be blameless in holiness so that we could be before God to, to, to see him face to face. We're not ready in the state of sin that we live in. And with original sin, we're not ready to see our God, but our God gives us opportunities to increase and abound in love. And he exhorts us that as we have been instructed, as the people have been instructed, that we would do so even more, that you just continue to increase in your abounding of love for, you know, what instructions we gave you, you know that this is based on the love of Jesus Christ, Christ crucified, Christ who died for us once for all. So there's this instruction, there's even this admonish, uh, I don't, I guess admonishment is not the word exhortation to say from St. Paul, grow deep in love, grow deep in love to be ready for that judgment day. And here is Jesus speaking to his disciples in actually this chapter, chapter 26 is the final chapter before we move into Jesus's passion. So this is kind of the final message that the Lord has to his disciples. And so again, we're hearing these messages of the end of time, so to speak, the signs of the sun and the moon and the stars and this um, visualization that we might have, but don't get caught up in that visualization. I think what we should get caught up in is this last line in the first paragraph, stand erect and raise your heads because your redemption is at hand. If you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, if you believe in the promises that he has for us and that he will come in, in great power and glory 
this is the son of man coming in a cloud, we should stand firm, stand courageous, stand erect, and raise our heads high to see the Lord because we've been waiting for you. But we haven't been waiting sitting on the couch, not doing anything. We've been waiting by living our lives fully, as St. Paul would suggest, full of love, abounding in love. And so I love this urging of Jesus to his disciples because he knows in, in so many hours, he's going to be taken away from them physically, and they will witness one of the most horrific episodes that has ever been witnessed in human history, the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. And so he tells the disciples and he tells us today, beware that your hearts don't become drowsy, sluggish, carousing and drunkenness, you know, just this really slothful behavior, behavior and activities that don't lead you on a relationship with God. I love Father Paul at All Saints Church in Portland. I think one of the nuggets, the, the roots of all of the preaching that I've heard him preach from the scriptures is that what are we doing in our life? What are we thinking? How are we behaving? Is that action, is that behavior, is that lifestyle, is that activity leading me towards God and a relationship with him in love, or is it leading me away from, in doubt, in, in the world? And so there's always this test that we should ask ourselves. It's part of our examination of conscience. But see, Jesus is saying, don't become drowsy. Don't become like the world. Don't become anxious in daily life. And that really says to me, are you just so busy? Are you just so busy doing good things, doing good things, but so busy that you're not paying attention to what's essential? If you're married, that essential relationship outside of your relationship with God is with your spouse, caring for that spouse. If you're raising children in the home, it's again, that relationship with your children. If you have an adult, if your parents are, are elderly and maybe you're responsible for caring for them in some way, it's caring for those that are the, the closest to you. Are we being vigilant about those relationships or do we let the anxieties of daily life, I love that, the anxieties of daily life, all you have to do is spend five minutes watching a news report and the rest of your day could be shot, which is why I don't do that in the mornings. Because Jesus says that the day can catch you like a trap. Do you want to be surprised when you see the Lord and think, oh, but I was going to do this and I was going to apologize for that. And that relationship over there, I was thinking about calling that person or writing that person or praying for that person or reconciling with that person or that situation, but I just didn't quite get around to it. Be vigilant at all times and pray. Why? It's not so that we can just pray and be vigilant. I mean, be vigilant. is like working a muscle. You have to work at it to grow it, to be strong. So there's repetition and something of virtue. 
in, in humility, in selfish, selflessness, be vigilant so that you have the strength, I love this, to escape the tribulations that are imminent. It's not like, well, there's going to be tribulations, but you might not get caught in them. They're imminent. No matter when we're living in history, the tribulations are imminent and we will stand before the face of God. So be vigilant and at all times pray. And what do we see and hear in the gospels in the account of the passion is that Jesus says, I mean, he gave this warning to his disciples and that not too many hours later, he'll be in the garden of Gethsemane and he'll tell his most uh, closest friends and disciples, stay and watch and pray for me so that you won't be caught in the trial. And Peter, they fall asleep and the Lord is, is, is in agony. You know, this is the agony in the garden. And I think when we pray that rosary and that first mystery, the agony in the garden, we can go to that agony. We might think, oh, it's, it's the Advent season. We really don't need to be reflecting on that. But think about what Jesus is calling for in Advent, that you could meditate on Lord in the agony in the garden when the people in our world are in such turmoil and violence and suffering and un un unbelievable headlines that I won't be asleep, that I will be vigilant and pray for them. I will do what I can in my family, in my workplace, in my parish, in my neighborhood. I'll do what I can to be a light in the darkness. Be vigilant and pray and don't find yourselves like those apostles who fell asleep when the Lord was at that final moment of prayer with his father, going to do what he was called to do so that he prepared himself to be before the son of man for us to save us. These readings remind me that we don't do it alone. We don't live our lives alone. We don't make reparation alone. We need a savior. The sin of the world, the original sin since Adam and Eve reminds us and, and, and points the way to Jesus, to Mary who brought Jesus into this world through her humble and pure womb. I love the Feast of the Immaculate Conception, where we remember that she was immaculately conceived to bring Jesus into this world. And so be vigilant at all times. Look at your prayer life this season. How do I pray? Do I pray in a way that would be looked at as a complaint to God? as a nagging to God? Or do I pray in a way of praise and to offer my sorrows to the Lord, to offer my joys to the Lord? What's my relationship in prayer?
there was a quote that came out this weekend in one of the homilies I heard from Father Mike Schmitz, and he said this, he was quoting another um, author, Dallas Willard, who said, you must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. And in this season of Advent, let's ruthlessly eliminate hurry, the busyness that I've got to get this done and this exhaustion that we put ourselves in and look at the relationships, look at the activities that you're involved in, that I'm involved in. Is this activity, is this relationship, is this project, is this thing that's on my list of things to do, is this going to increase my dependence upon God, my love of God? Uh, will this help reflect that I'm a Christian man or woman? Or will this activity list of things to do take me away from God? Maybe make me more burdened or doubtful or depressed or anxious. And we need to weed those things out. We talk about spring cleaning. Now we're into the season almost of winter when we're, we're looking at the, maybe the decorations, the things that we pull out for the season of Christmas, but this Advent, keep it simple. Look at your prayer life, be involved in your prayer life, pick up one resource. You know, I just found this one little book, Christmas prayers and customs, find one little thing and use that daily to, to center you and to prepare you to be able to be prepared to one, celebrate the coming of Jesus in the nativity for Christmas, that first coming Two, to be prepared for the second coming of Jesus Christ, whenever that day would be that you will be ready to look him in the face, face to face and say, thank you, Lord, for all you've given me. I love you, Lord. And that third coming, that coming that Jesus comes every day, in everyday interactions, in everyday thoughts, he's present to us in the word of God, in our sacramental life. Be present to Jesus today for his second coming and as we prepare for the joyful time of Christmas. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Have a wonderful Advent season. I look forward to unpacking these next four weeks along with you. And until next week, may you have a blessed Advent week. You have been listening to Faith Moments with Dina Marie, reflections upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. New podcast episodes are released weekly through the generous support of Mater Dei Radio. To learn more about Faith Moments with Dina Marie, visit me online at dinamarie.org. That's dinamarie.org. May you have a blessed week.